0: Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you're facing in your life are different. So just basically listen to me. You need to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now you can be motivated by their success because their stories can be Give you direction and help you reach your goals, but it's your planning and your effort's gonna get there. My next guest is all about planning, all about effort and watching this career grow. And it's a great career because it's by motivating people, uplifting people, giving them a voice in the community. That is, my next guest is attorney Ben Crump. He's a nationally recognized trial lawyer. I was still manager Steve Harvey and I saw him on TV representing Trayvon Martin. Then we met backstage at the Neighborhood Awards and we have become great friends. He had a dream to impact the lives of African-Americans in the justice system. Ben's fight for justice has covered many cases and his dedication to help families receive justice include Ahmaud Aubrey, Martin Lee Anderson, Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake, George Florida, and unfortunately, many others. All these families have turned to Mr. Crump to turn the spotlight of their injustice on their cases. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations attorney, Ben Crump. How you doing, mentor? Thank you, sir.
1: I appreciate that title you're giving me. Because uh, it was at the Neighborhood Awards when we started talking about Trying to have your voice elevated beyond the courtroom and mm-hmm. you inspire me in ways and never, ever discourage me. And because of that, you know, God has blessed me beyond anything we could have ever envisioned. We well, you know the thing
0: about it, you know, we've done television shows together and and those shows are all about injustice you know and one of the famous quotes you always told me if you want to see the justice system play out just sit in the back of any courtroom in america tell us about that quote
1: yeah you know when we did evidence of innocence which i still think is one of the best shows that has ever been put on tv that you produced and helped uh create this concept of seeing injustice everywhere in america it's Mm -hmm. not Far to any city or state. You right. go in any courtroom, you don't have to take Ben Crump word for it. Just sit in the back of the courtroom mm-hmm. and see how justice is being administered, that there are two justice systems that govern America, one for white America and one for others. And we mm-hmm. saw that play out in America when they stormed the Capitol. These Trump supporters And they were treated completely different, Rashawn, than any uh, Black Lives Matter protests ever. I Mm -hmm. mean, they were able to bust into the Capitol. I mean, you talk about no trespass charges, no property damage, no Mm -hmm. assault, no battery, nothing. Nobody that day was arrested. And that's just prima facie evidence. But the Mm -hmm. thing that I got from you, Rashad, and people like my grandmother is no matter how daunting it looks, you always got to keep a positive perspective. That's mm-hmm. why I love doing evidence of innocence with you mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. yeah, you recognize the injustice, but you right. know that we will overcome the injustice.
0: And that's important that you say that because you, your, your life You know, you've been put in the spotlight, movie appearances, TV appearances. You even have an award show that's in Los Angeles. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But the bottom line is fighting injustice. What bothers you the most about the cases that seem so eerily similar, similar,
1: different states, different city, but it's the same case? What bothers me the most, Rashad, is how they try to intellectually justify it. You know, Mm -hmm. the unjustifiable actions that led to Breonna Taylor being killed in her own apartment. Mm -hmm. I mean, the sanctity of your home, they bust in the front door and they mutilate your daughter's body. And then Mm -hmm. they tear her mother, and her family. Well, technically, there are no grounds to charge the police officers. Mm-hmm. Or when you think about Fernando Castile in mm-hmm. Minneapolis, sitting in the driver's seat, his girlfriend driving and their baby in the back. And right. he tells the police, I'm a registered gun owner. I have a gun in the glove compartment. You want me to get the registration and insurance? I have to reach in the glove compartment. He says all of this. But then when he goes and gets the, Uh, the items that the police asked for, he sees a gun, he sees black man, and he shoots. And yet Mm -hmm. they intellectually justify that, Rashad. And -hmm. that's what is most troubling to me because I often think about what Martin Luther King said in the letter from the Birmingham jail. He said, just because they say it's legal, that doesn't mean it's right. He said that everything Hitler did to the Jews in Germany was legal but that didn't make it right. He says slavery was legal, but that didn't make it right. He says segregation was legal, but that didn't make it right. And they try to tell us what they did to Trayvon Martin and Breonna Taylor and Eric Gardner and so many others was legal, but I stand on my bully pulpit every chance I get to remind America No matter what you say is legal, that doesn't make it right. Well, you know, I'm talking to a civil rights attorney, Benjamin Crump,
0: well-renowned fame. But fame has a cutting edge because you go in airports, people recognize you. Uh, You go in restaurants, people recognize you. And then you take on a responsibility of, that sometimes you can't deliver what people's expectations are. I knew when we met backstage in the neighborhood many years ago, now looking at you now, your social media is on fire, your television at will, front page of various newspaper articles. How has that affected your life both professionally and personally?
1: You know, uh, thank God I have a wonderful wife and Mm -hmm. uh, strong family support that allow me to do the important work I do. Um, In fact, it's so funny, Rashad, that Netflix uh, is doing a documentary Uh, my life, or the work I do, I shouldn't say my life. I Mm -hmm. want to believe I got a lot more living to go. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But Nadia Hallgren, who is the award-winning director who directed Michelle Obama's Becoming, the most Mm -hmm. watched documentary in Netflix history, Mm -hmm. is uh, now doing a documentary on uh, my work. And the one thing I tell her, Rashad, is keep up. You all are going to follow me for a year? I mean, keep up because so much happens in the course of a week that that's my always worst nightmare that I'm running out of time that Mm -hmm. they are creating these hashtags too much. They're killing our children too fast that we can barely keep up. I mean, every other week seems like there is another hashtag. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we're fighting. I told my eight-year-old daughter, Brooklyn, as I left home the day after Christmas going to Columbus, Ohio, Mm -hmm. uh, because Andre Hill was killed a couple of days before Christmas holding a cell phone. And the video demonstrated very clearly that he was unarmed. And while he was on the ground grasping for breath, they then had a supervisor come up after five minutes and said, he is still breathing, handcuff him. And they did that. And so my daughter was trying to understand, but daddy, why do you have to leave the day after Christmas? And I told her, well, baby, unfortunately, police brutality and implicit bias, don't take a break, not even for Christmas. And so that family lost their father, and even though it's inconvenient for me to leave you mm-hmm. on Christmas mm-hmm. holiday, can you imagine how inconvenient, baby it is for that family who mm-hmm. lost their father forever and my baby told me Daddy, I understand wow, mhm that's great now it was you
0: now these all these cases are outrageous, but you was, you was involved in the case in the Houston Galveston area where a police officer or a sheriff was on a horse and he had a rope around a black man's neck as he walked him down the street. Tell us the status of that case and tell and explain to everybody exactly in detail what went down with that case. It was a homeless
1: man who had mental health issues mm-hmm. and uh, the police, for reasons that were still inexplicable, instead of putting him in the patrol car and Mm -hmm. taking him to the jail for laudering. They put a rope around his neck while he and his partner were on horseback. Right. And they rode him down through the middle of town. Mm -hmm. We're in Galveston, Texas, as we remember uh, Rishon was one of the last places yes. where the slaves were freed. And so they literally walked this black man in 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's still Let me tell you, about you look and at Galveston that imagery.
0: Galveston is like 45, 45 a, miles outside of Houston. It's a booming metropolis. This is not a little... little Little cow town, a little small town, hidden way down in the south. Galveston has an annual uh, Mardi Gras festival. You know, my, my my frat brother, he's from Galveston. Galveston, ball, big football powerhouse down there. So you're not talking about some place that's that's distant or off the map. Like you said, when you say walking downtown, you're walking them downtown in front of a prominent neighborhood, a tourist mecca.
1: Yeah, and to answer your question directly, the civil matter has been resolved. We mm-hmm. represented on the civil matter, but the Justice Department is still investigating the matter. But the problem I have, Rushon, is that the officer is still working on the force. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, you know, and I had Michael Eric Dyson, who you know, and uh, yes. his book is amazing. And uh, the details that he gave me on the Armand Aubrey case was scary. You know, because you had the one guy who's don't want to be a part of the case, somebody who just videotaping, which you I remember, you were the first to call that he should be arrested. I remember you said he should be arrested, he should be arrested, and eventually he was arrested. When you hear the whole story play out, it's even more crazy how they attacked and hunted down this young man, blocked his,
1: his, his point of traffic, and trapped him. Yeah, risha it is just outrageous to think that. In 2020, we're not talking about 1930 and 1940. We're talking about in 2020, a young man was lynched in broad daylight for jogging while black. And Mm -hmm. as you correctly stated, they chased him. I Mm -hmm. mean, they chased him for over five minutes. So Mm -hmm. this is not like something where he wasn't trying to get away. He was doing everything in his power to get away from this lynch mob, this murderous father and son duo. And so mm-hmm. what ended up happening, and you see it on the video, mm-hmm. is when they corner him, this mm-hmm. guy who's recording, who tries to act like he was not involved, even though there's text messages that suggest otherwise. But when he cornered him, then mod, you hear the notion, fight or flight. Well, right. Ahmad had did everything he could to take flight from mm-hmm. these uh, nefarious actors. But mm-hmm. then at that point, he literally had to fight for his life. But unfortunately, it was him fighting with his hands and them fighting with a shotgun. Yeah. A shotgun, Rashad. That is what they use to take down an elephant when it escapes the zoo. Mm-hmm. My experts tell me, unlike a gunshot wound that you can survive because it's a single projectile that comes out. But they explained to me a shotgun, there are multiple projectiles that come out and the entry room is small, but -hmm. when those bullets go in, then they expand, they Mm -hmm. say the exit wound and there will always be an exit wound with a Mm -hmm. shotgun. He said a Mm -hmm. gunshot, the bullet might stay inside you, but with a shotgun, it's going to exit out. And when you look at that video, you see, Exactly what the experts say. They said that the exit wound could be as big as a coffee cup saucer. Mm-hmm. And so you see at the last part of that video when Ahmaud turns around and you see the blood spot on his back expand. You mm-hmm. see it's like a teacup saucer. And mm-hmm. that is the tragedy of the lynching of Ahmaud Arbery. And thank God we had video. Because I believe that is the only reason why yeah. this murderous father and son duo, Travis and Greg McMichaels, right. and their friend was charged. And that trial will be coming in Georgia uh, by the Cobb County District Attorney.
0: Let, let's talk about that for a minute, like because you immediately, and I'm talking to Attorney, Civil Rights Attorney Benjamin Crump here. The third guy, the videotape guy, when did you realize that he should be you know, prosecuted, that he should be arrested too.
1: Yeah, you know, his story didn't quite add up when he said, well, he just saw mob running and he just decided that he must be up to no good. Let me get in my car, grab my videotape. I just want to record it. Right, right. Well, at some point, if you see these guys got guns and they're chasing this black guy, why wouldn't you call the police to mm-hmm. say hello? Even if Ahmad did something wrong, we shouldn't have these people with guns taking the law into their own hand. We should have people who are professionals to deal with this situation. But he didn't do that. And that was telling to me and our co-counselors, we said, nah, this story doesn't add up. And then we found out that they had an active Conversation. When this young man runs through the neighborhood, mm-hmm. we're gonna get him the next time he runs through here. Oh, okay, cool.
0: Of course, uh, I want to transition to the case that um, changed the world, changed this country, uh, brought white people out of the streets into the streets. I seriously say, protesting George Floyd. I, I, I a key part of my interview with you is that because you was on Ground Zero with that, and you saw said some things that nobody else can see, but experienced it personally. Why did George Floyd have the impact? His racial injustice through the hands of four police officers
1: changed this country and this world. You know, Mentor, many people ask me that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it about George Floyd that galvanized people all across America, galvanized people all across the globe, And what I tell them is that, you know, most of us in society had gotten used to seeing reality TV, Mm -hmm. but we were still shocked to see the documentary of a human being literally being tortured to death by the people who were supposed to protect and serve Mm them. Mm -hmm. I mean, The documentary of a man being murdered. And even more shocking, Rashad, was the fact that he narrated the documentary of his own death. I mean, you hear him say, I can't breathe 28 times. And then he says, you know, I can't feel my insides. I can't feel my legs. He say, tell My children, I love them. And then he calls out for his mother, Mm -hmm. even though his mother had been dead two years prior to this tragic incident. But again, our experts tell us, our psychological experts tell us, when you are conscious that you may be leaving this world, the life is escaping your body. Mm -hmm. You think back to when you first came in this world and who was your first protector for many of us, that person was our mother. And so they say it's very logical to hear George Floyd calling out for his mama as this guy has his knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds while another officer has two knees on his back compressing Mm. the diaphragm uh, where he can't take oxygen in and expend oxygen to be able to breathe. And the fact that they offer him no humanity, no professionalism, no consideration. I mean, it is heartbreaking to watch that video. And the reason I think people were marching in cities all across America and cities all across the world is because once you see that video, you cannot unsee it. It has a permanent impression on your psyche. And that is why George Floyd literally changed the world and why we have the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act that has passed the United States House of Representatives and with the victory in Georgia returning control of the Senate to the Democratic Party, we believe the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act will be signed into law by President-elect Joe Biden and President-elect, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, my dear friend, who Mm -hmm. will be president and vice president, I'm proud to say. Now, let me ask you, what is the law? Explain to my listeners and my viewers. Oh, the George Floyd Justice and uh, Police and Accountability Act is an act that is very, very uh, inclusive of many of the things that the Congressional Black Caucus has fought for for decades. Mm -hmm. It includes uh, an uh, abolishing the chokehold. Many people are not aware, Rashawn, that the chokehold is legal in many cities across America. And the fact that 70% of the time, the chokehold Mm -hmm. is executed by police, it's against people of color, especially Mm -hmm. minorities uh, who are men. And Mm -hmm. then it's uh, abolishing the no-knock warrants, which again, is disproportionately executed against black people in America that led to the death of Breonna Taylor. And it was foreseeable that if you keep knocking in black people houses at one in the morning, that an innocent victim like a Breonna Taylor would be killed. Right. And they're not knocking in the doors of our white brothers and sisters. No, they're right. doing this to black people in America. And so it abolishes that, but then it also speaks to transparency, which is the body camera video, the fact that you have to have your body camera on when you engage a citizen uh, Mm -hmm. for any confrontation. And if they are brutalized, and if they are at worst killed and you didn't have that body camera on, mm-hmm. it is a rebuttable presumption that you did something nefarious or inappropriate or illegal. And you have to then, we're not saying take the police officer's due process of the law away from him. You're all innocent into proving guilty. Right. However, right. there will be a rebuttable presumption that you now have to prove that there was not something you did illegal as to why that body camera was on. And finally, or when I should say two more important things, mm-hmm. it deals with having a national registry. We don't have any national count or registry of the number of Bad, police huh? involved shootings mm-hmm. and killings and wrongful deaths in America. And so now the George Floyd Act will have the FBI keep track of all of those statistics, as well as the complaints against Mm. police officers. So like in Tamir Rice, the 12 year old who was killed in Cleveland, Ohio, Mm. by a guy who had been fired six months earlier, left one police department. And went right up the street to Cleveland and got another job. So people don't know because there's no national registry that monitors all of this here. And then finally, this notion of qualified immunity that the Supreme Court of the United States has said, you know, you can't Monday morning quarterback the police. Uh, and you you were not there, and so if he says he had a reasonable fear, because you know. That's what the Supreme Court has said. All the police have to do is say three words. I felt fear. I felt Mm -hmm. threatened. And Mm -hmm. then they say... But he's justified in using deadly force. force. Even if the young black person was running away from them, kind of like in Jacob Blake Jr. in Kenosha, Wisconsin, like mm-hmm. Laquan McDonald in Chicago, Illinois, mm-hmm. like Walter Scott in uh South Carolina, Fair like line. Terrence Crutcher walking away with his hands up in broad daylight in Toast, Oklahoma. You know, in so many other cases. Stefan Clark running in Sacramento, California, and his grandmother backyard, and they shoot us in the back, and the Supreme Court said, well, all the officers got to do is say, I felt threatened, right. and that is enough to justify these unjustifiable acts. So, George Floyd Justice and Policing Accountability Act is saying that, no, no, you have to have an objective, reasonable articulation right. to use deadly force, not just that This subjective fear, this imaginary fear Mm -hmm. that you felt threatened because of the color of a person's skin. skin.
0: Let me ask you this, because I texted you several times, because especially during the George Floyd, the COVID-19 was raging. We didn't know. We definitely had no vaccine at the time. The country was shut down in the month. It started to reopen in May. And I was worried, man and you were still out there on the front lines, you, you wore a mask, and sometimes I didn't see you with a mask on, I was worried, I text you, I said, brother, keep that mask on, I love you. And then you had to go home. Talk about that whole journey because you had a job to do, but then also you were putting yourself on the front lines of danger
1: with COVID-19. Talk about that run. Yeah, you know, I had stayed home literally for about two months, didn't leave the house, you know, I uh, was trying to follow all the rules and then George Floyd happened. Mm-hmm. And it was something about seeing that video that I said, I I can't not go to fight for justice for this family mm-hmm. when they call me heartbroken. You know, mm-hmm. his brother for longness, uh reminded me of Sabrina Fulton. Uh all they could do is cry because as Sabrina Fulton was Trayvon Martin's mother when we Mm -hmm. first started, it was just overran with emotions. As he said, you know, I slept in the bed as a little brother with my big brother and to Mm -hmm. see them, I mean, kill him like that, man, we gotta have justice. We, We need you, Ben Crump and, you know, so often I tell people that when God give us these blessings and these Mm -hmm. talents and these fancy law degrees is to go out and try to help the least of these, the people who don't have a voice, the people who are disenfranchised, victimized, and marginalized. And Mm -hmm. so I had to answer the bell. And then after George Floyd, you had Breonna Taylor, after Breonna Taylor, you had Jacob Blake, after Jacob Mm -hmm. Blake, you had Andre Hill and for too long, you know, I was back to doing what Ben Crump do is. Reverend Al Sharpton says, "You know, Ben Crump, you are Black America's Attorney General." Thank you very much.
0: That's how you end the interview. The Attorney General of Black America, Civil Rights Attorney Ben Crump, my frat brother Omega Psi Phi from Trayvon Martin. Man, I tell you, the journey is never going to stop for you, but the love that America has for you, you feel it every time you go in the airport, every time you sit down in a restaurant. People respect what you're doing. And all I remember, man, when we was at the Neighborhood Awards, to I just want to make a difference, man. I just want to let people know the talent that God has given me and let it shine on people so I can help them in the justice
1: system. And that's what you've been doing, Ben. I love you for it, man. Hey, I love you, Mentor. And thank you so much for... Inspire people with money-making conversations.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, right on that back. Hey, Ben, when you come into town, I got you to, say, you got to sign my picture. Your picture right there on that back wall, brother. I love you, I man. I can't wait. I can't wait. I love you, Fred. <laughs> All right. If you want to hear more money-making conversations, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.